Hello, everybody. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of Let's Talk About Life, brought to you by TLDR Podcast. Because this is the first episode, I just wanted to take some time and explain what my goal with this is. I wanted to add another dimension to TLDR Podcast. TLDR is mostly about sports and food, so I wanted to come in and add a human aspect to it, a relatable aspect. And I'm going to do that through a couple of interviews. A couple times a month, I'll have a guest come in an interview, and you guessed it, talk about their life. We'll go through their struggles, their highs, their lows, what drives them, and some of the most important lessons they've learned thus far. All with the goal that you, as a listener, will take something from it. Anything that you can apply to your life, or change your perspective, or just improve your life, or make your life just a little bit better. Anything. Because that's the goal here. To make your life better. So let's get right into it. Our guest today is Ryan Figueroa. Ryan is a longtime friend of mine and workout partner. He is a recent grad from Cal State Fullerton with a bachelor's degree in human communications. He can also make a fantastic burger because he currently works at In-N-Out, but on top of that, he is an aspiring entrepreneur slash business owner and a fitness guru. In this episode, we talk about the hardships and adversity that Ryan has faced, including when he lost literally everything when he got arrested and how he bounced back. We also dive into his fitness routine, how he trains, and why he trains, and we even talk a little about tips on how to cheat the system in and out and how and about any in and out secrets that you may or may not know about just yet. So let's get into it. Without any further ado, Ryan Figueroa. Ryan, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, first of all. I appreciate it. First one, and you threw me on here. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a pilot episode. We'll see how it goes. If it goes well, does well, we'll continue doing it. If it doesn't, you know, it kind of flops. It is what it is. Yeah. So I, you just got off work, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I was like randomly got a call like, hey, you want to make some cash, $30 a, an hour? And I said, sure, why not? So I went and I've just been working seven hours, two, $210 cash. And that was it. So what, what is this job? It's just, uh, it's helping a friend. It's like she's moving warehouses and whatnot. And I don't know, really, I just set, built, built things all day. So what I'm taking from this is that somebody who just graduated from college don't really have a career just yet because you just mm-hmm. you, you don't have a job, right? Like a career building job. Right. How do you make ends meet? So, I mean, I work in and out. I mean, I love these odd and end, um, you know, odd end jobs as well. Like any opportunity to get money, especially like cash, because obviously it's not on taxes. Maybe we'll cut that out. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, so I mean, I work in and out. I probably average about, you know, 25, 30 hours, which if anybody knows, it's not enough, you know, to pay all the bills. So I, that's one job. My other job is I, you know, I drive around a retired faculty staff member. And she pays me well, but I mean, it's kind of hit or miss. So any, like I said, any opportunity I get to go out into the community or anything and make extra money, I, I totally will. Do you do any community service on top of that or do you just not have time? I don't, it's not that I don't have time. I mean, time is tight, but I don't. But, you know, obviously I live with, you know, a family and I'm blessed that we do do a lot of stuff. Like we go help people move and like assist other people in general. We don't ever charge. It's just a lot of the goodness of our heart. You say, you said you lived with a family. This isn't your family? No, no. I live with uh, uh, one of my coworkers, I guess you could say. It's like a brother now, but yeah, they're family. And uh, I met them about a year ago. Started off kind of weird, you know, just working out in their driveway, and slowly but surely I started coming inside to eat, and then I would stay here late night and do my homework, and then it just some nights I'd sleep over, and I pretty much practically live here now. I have a closet, and it's nice that they've allowed me to be a guest in their house. So you didn't have a house before that? No, I had so. Growing up as a kid, like, you know, I really didn't have much family uh, growing up. I'm just going to fast forward really quick, you know. It was rough. I don't know who my dad is. Like, my mom bailed on me when I was in third grade. So just since then, it's been, you know, super rocky. And I've always been renting rooms since I was a sophomore in high school. That's officially when I decided to be independent and on my own. And I've, you know, taken some hits for that, you know, financially and even just not having that support. But, however... You know, I'm here now, like I said, we just graduated, but yeah, so I've just been renting rooms off and on, and it's just, it's it's challenging, you know, and uh, the last house I was at before this one, I'm very grateful for everything that they've done for me, but just the environment was super hostile, and just not something you want to come home to at the end of a long day, or whether the day was good or bad. Right. I feel that, man, like, your home is your sanctuary. Exactly. Right? You got to feel comfortable to survive in it, right? And just putting that much stress on you on top of the fact that you're stressed with life and work and all that is not conducive to living a healthy life. Of course. Would you say that? Of course. Um, you said you've been on your own since you were a sophomore in high school, pretty much, right? Exactly. So what what 
drove you? What did you learn from those experiences? Man, I don't know. I think at first I would just, you know, life was so bad and I just wanted, I wanted a chance at like normal life. So, and I figured the best way to do that would be to go solo because I just couldn't like, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, uh, verbal abuse, physical abuse where I was living, you know, with me. And then I was witnessing a lot of it too. So I just didn't, it was an, an opportunity like to get away and do so of course legally because we have laws, you know, a minor can't just, you know, go by himself. So when I was able to do it, I just did it in hopes of, I guess, a better future. And like I said, like it was good. And then I've had some, you know, some, some downfalls and some, some ups. It's just, it's been a hit or miss, but I mean, the last couple years I've say I've been really on my game lately. That's really good, man. Um, what, a, what did you do to get by through those years? I, like, you know, I, I didn't know, I didn't, wasn't allowed to do sports in high school because I was so angry all the time. And so it was kind of like a, we don't trust you to play sports. So I know you said the podcast is, is about sports and this wasn't, but ironically, sports is what drove me. I got into sports my senior year of high school. I started running track. I was pretty good for not running ever. And then I started running in junior college level and it was really good. And then I've been a, an athlete ever since. But the sports is what drove me because it kept me disciplined. It taught me a different kind of discipline. And it just... They really kept me mentally in like that right mind space I needed to be, especially academically as well, because you need to maintain good grades in order to, you know, to be eligible to compete. But also like I, when I was in high school and, and in college, I started getting, you know, recognition awards like scholar athlete. And I got a scholarship, a thousand dollars from Santiago Canyon College for having the highest GPA in the men's, men's department. So just little incentive, little perks like that. But as a whole, like it gave me something to dump in my like emotional mess, whether that was, you know, hurt, happiness, whatever. Mainly it was negative things, but it gave me an outlet, a healthy outlet that I was able to find who I was and still succeed in something. And I was obviously track at the time. Um, let's dive into your academics portion right now. So you are 28, you're 27? I ju just turned 27 last year. Just turned 27 year. years old, yeah. and you just graduated with your bachelor's. Correct. So it's a non, no, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. This is a non-judgmental question. Of course. Everybody has their own timeline. But what made it so that you as a high school kid that went to junior college just graduated from, with your bachelor's right now at 27? So what was that timeline like? So out of high school, I didn't go to college the first semester. Um... I just, I was happy to just be done with school, just like any typical high school kid. And then I started going, as soon as I realized I could run in college, I didn't think I was good enough. And then I realized I was great. So I kept going. I did my two years of junior college on time. Uh, I actually stayed junior college a third year because I really, really, really wanted to get a scholarship. And I had many scholarship offers, but I didn't take any of them because in my head, I thought I was too good if I wasn't getting a D2 or a D1 scholarship offer. And Do you have a lot of D3s? A lot of D3, or D3 can't give you athletic scholarships. Oh, okay. A lot of NAI, some D2s, but I really wanted, I just wanted the big name schools. And the reality was, like, I was fast, but I wasn't that fast, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was tough, like, and I didn't want to accept that. So uh, my running buddy and I, Sebastian, him and I were supposed to go to Humboldt together, and I got the full ride scholarship to be split between him and I, and we were supposed to go. He didn't make grades, and I kind of put all my eggs in the basket, and so I didn't go to Humboldt University, and instead... I ended up staying at SEC a third year, and that like was a pivotal moment in my life that third year because everything kind of changed, you know. Like I was, I was young. I think I was what 21, 22 at the time, and um, I started dating this girl. It ended, it ended worse than ever, you know. Um, you know, you you fall in love. It's college, you know. You're running. You think everything's great. You hit like you know this epiphany, like all these like this moments of bliss, and you think it's like. Like, that's it. Like, I won, you know? I'm at the high point. But it ended, and uh, ultimately, I mean, it ended with me in jail um, over some things that she had said that I had done, which wasn't true. But, I mean, I went to jail. I did my time. Um, after that, that's when, like, I guess I had, like, a really big downfall because I was in jail for a week. I came out. I lost my job for missing consecutive days of work. Some of the scholarship offers I was considering had said, no, I can't, I can't do it because now I had a criminal record and it had to be accepted by the state in order for me to move there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I lost all my money. I, lo I literally lost everything. And wow. well, at that, at that like downfall, 
the only thing I had to do was work out fitness and sports. So I, that's when I got heavy, heavy, heavy into CrossFit. And, uh, yeah. And so pretty much, you know, you fast forward over those years and I groomed myself, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. And now that's why I was able to get back into school, graduate on Dean's list and finish with my bachelor's. Congratulations, man. Um, we're going to take a quick rewind, kind of dive back into what you said about the arrest. Course. that's kind of juicy you know like yeah. people want to know about that yeah so you were how old at the time 21 22? I, 21 or 22 i think this 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 year will be the sixth year or seventh year i'm i don't 2015 so sixth year yes this sixth, year? sixth year yeah okay so you pretty much had your life taken away from you at 21 years instantly old. instantly like, off of one what happened not you don't have to go into specific specifics but generally like what happened that caused you to get arrested and go to jail well so like I mean, I don't want to get, like, too spicy because, you know, there's two sides to every story, and I feel like it's only proper to tell that story in detail if the other person was here, and I'd hope that they would give me the same respect. But long story short, we had separated for a couple weeks in order for us to work on ourselves. During that time, uh, she had hooked up with, like, some other guys, and she had failed to tell me this while we were trying to, quote-unquote, mend things. So she was sitting on my lap and I, I pushed her off me and it got heated. I probably called her every name under the book and I broke some stuff, but I never laid hands on her. I never threatened her or anything like that. So that night ended, we, we parted ways. We met again the next night to try to mend things and she left and I guess called the cops on me and a long story short, I mean, I know I, I just not a long story short, she called the cops on me. She said that I had taken her stuff. I didn't. I gave, like, she left her phone and keys on the table because she didn't, she was mad because I was just pin, I mean, it's not appropriate or mature, but I was just pinning her on the spot, like, asking her all these questions, and it's a lot of pressure when you're under the heat like that, and she didn't like that, and I could understand why, of course, but, so she left, she left her, her personal belongings, she called the cops, said I took him, I didn't take him, so I gave her stuff back, when the cops got there, they said, hey, you're not going to get in trouble for tonight, however... What happened last night was not okay. And to this day, I'm not really sure what what the actual charge was because in the paper, and I wish I had, I'd read it, but it reads something very similar to like maliciously attacked and assaulted Jane Doe, pretty much. So, But you didn't do that? No. I mean, the words, of course, like I'm not proud of that, but yes, like it's, you know, and that's a, this is like a long story, but you know, like, I just want to, like, you know, defend my side just a little bit. Yeah, we ended up getting, like, you know, peaceful contact, which allowed us to be together, like, again, or see each other and all these things. And just, like, for the record, like, you know, if you're that concerned and you say, like, you say things like you're, you're scared for your life and all these other things, you can't say those things, in my opinion, and then, like, mend things with somebody. Like, I, I mean, I can defend myself, but if you came at me, James, like, and said, I'm going to kill you with a gun, I would probably never want to talk to you again. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, like, there would be no mending things. I'd be like, dude, he, it would be in the back of my mind. He always has a gun. He can kill me at any time, you know? So, like, that, I mean, that whole aspect of it, that's really kind of, like, triggered, is triggering even now that it's been six years, and it's still kind of, like, a little upsetting to think, like, all these things, and I just... I don't know. I didn't have a lawyer at the time. I didn't have money. I didn't have hardly anything. I was 21 years old, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just really, like, if I could go back, I, I wish I could have taken a different route. And first of all, probably not even going to jail. But even if that would have happened, like, just learning new things. But I will, like, you know, this is, like, something really important that I learned, though. Like, besides having a criminal record now, I do learn a lot from it. And, you know, like, uh, women specifically, you know, I've... I've tried to date off and on since then. It, it's, you know, I've had, like, some, some perks, some downfalls. But I would say, like, ultimately, like, this really taught me a lot. Like, I had to go a year of domestic violence classes, which, by the way, cost me $2,500. Wow. Cash. And my probation didn't end until I paid it. Wow. So, but that class taught me a lot about relationships and how to stay away from, like, toxic things. And it's things that we you and I would probably laugh about typically. But when you're in the situation, you learn these things and, like things what to look out for i don't know it's really it's really like eye-opening and it's it's good you know hence why i'm 27 and i guess well i mean i'm not happy about it but i'm still single you know so right you got to be more select you got to be more careful now right exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, especially because if it's a he said he said she said more often than not the guy loses of course which is the unfortunate thing you know mm -hmm. um but it is how it is and so you kind of live and you learn and you got to be way more careful about what you say when you say it yeah um but this happened when you were 21. How did you bounce back? 
I mean, right out the gate, I mean, like we're talking the day I got out of jail, my sprints coach at SEC, he was also, he was a coach at a CrossFit gym. He picked me up. He took me to lunch and he said, hey, man, like, I know you're mad. Like, I know you're hurting. But, dude, he's like, you can't go out into the world like this. Like, you will hurt yourself or you will physically hurt other people probably. And I was just, I was, I was, I could feel it inside. I was a loose cannon. So I started doing CrossFit. And, and I mean, like, like five nights, six nights a week, I was there. And I was not like, I know people like work out occasionally, but I feel like I was there and I was there to win. Like every workout I did, I felt like I had a chip on my shoulder. And even though it wasn't a competition, you're in a class with other people, you know? Mm-hmm. But I was just like, this is my time. This is, and I just, boom, and I pumped it out. And like literally like I CrossFit and I would say working out in general is what kept me sane because it's the only time that I could be like, rage all those emotions that I had inside without hurting anyone or anything. I mean, you break a barbell, okay, I owe the gym a couple hundred bucks, big deal, you know? Right. So that was that was the biggest bounce back, though, was was the, the sports. And obviously all my friends, like my close friends that were always there for me, you know, you know, I have friends with a lot of athletic trainers, you know, that. So, like, they all helped me there, all my close guy friends, like everybody was there for me, and of course, open arms if you need anything. And at that time, you know, I was actually, I got asked to leave the house that I lived at, too. So I kind of went like homeless and like couch surfing. And there was even some nights I would sleep at SEC on the pool deck. And I just, I don't know, like I just wanted, I didn't want to burden anybody because I, I, regardless of whether what I did or didn't do in that night that I got arrested, but I did make a mistake, you know? And so like, I didn't want to burden anybody with my own problem. So like, there's a lot and I would just walk around. I wish there's video, you could probably see it. I'd have like two trash bags on my shoulder. One was clean clothes, one was dirty clothes. And it's just because like, that's all I had at the time and I would just, but I would still go. And just like anything, a reason why I would sleep at SEC was so I could be there at practice the next day. Like that was the biggest thing to me. I like, I gotta be, I gotta be in sports because the only thing that was there, I mean, it was like comfort and I felt like I actually belonged because I was good in almost any sport I did, so. So the physical exertion, the challenge, the intensity that sports and physical activity brought was kind of your savior. It, it really was. Granted for many years, I would say I'd abused it though because I would just go work out so angry. And this is until like earlier this year, I just lost that. I used to go to the gym for three hours at a time and I would leave like like mentally exhausted, emotionally. Like my body would be burning inside and I'd be like, because I had so much inside, like emotional distress. I don't know if that really makes sense, but makes sense. it was like taxing physically and mentally. Now I go to the gym for three hours and I leave and I just feel like I just walk down the street. Like I feel good. Like I have so much energy because I'm, I'm like in a better mind space. You know, and I'm able to work out and actually the way it's supposed to be. So when I leave, like, I just have, like, the endorphins just never stop. And I feel like I could stay there for six hours. What do you think flipped the switch between the angry to rejuvenated? I just, like, I started letting things go. Like, things that aren't going to change. Things that aren't worth your time. Um, it's a, I don't really know how to explain maturity, growth. Like, this is the best way I always tell people. Like, you don't want to be that guy. Like, you don't want to, like... Should we invite Ryan to the party? Oh, dude, Ryan's dope. Ryan's cool, blah, blah, blah. But dude, honestly, like he gets mad pretty quick and he probably might start, he might start something if you bring him to the party. And next thing you know, you're off that list. And then it's like, then then it's creating a divide between you and your boys. Cause like, man, we can't go to the party either. Cause Ryan can't go. So just things like that, you know? And I also like, I did, I hardly ever, ever drink anymore. Like I think that was a big thing. Cause just drinking, I don't know. I feel like masks, your emotions and stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. So I just think that like, I don't know, I let go of things and then grew in other areas. And that's what I will, that's what allows me to actually work out and feel the way you're supposed to feel. How did you determine what things you want to let go of? The things that, and this sounds so ironic, but this is the reality, the things that keep you up at night and everybody, that's such a common term, but reality is nobody knows. Like, I don't know what you're, what you're thinking, what you're feeling right now or tonight before you go to bed, but reality, that's what it is. Like I have a hard time sleeping. I don't. I'm not, don't have, you know, suffer from insomnia or anything, but these are the things that just right, and they're not even like, it's not even like I'm thinking about it. Like, you know, thinking about something in my head is like, oh, what am I gonna wear tomorrow? What am I gonna eat for breakfast? Like, those are active thoughts. These are these thoughts that literally just stay on, on repeat, like in the back of my mind, and they don't stop. And so even when I'm laying there and I'm sleeping and I'm physically exhausted, and I know it's, I mean, it's two in the morning and I, and I can't sleep. It's just, these things are just replaying, and I have, it's the best way to explain it, I have no control about it. Mm-hmm. But they just keep going and going and going. And then I eventually you have to address it. You can't keep shoving things down. Um, how did you go about letting things go, though? Because that's hard to do. 
That it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of inner work to let things go. So what steps did you take to let things go? Uh, I mean, specifically for me is uh, I'm the family that I told you that I live with. The the wife is amazing. She has like there's like a scripture in the Bible. It's like called like the gift of tongue, and she totally has that. And she's able to like talk to you, relate to you on like levels that she didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy, like the ability to talk to her and have like an open floor and open forum. And then, you know, I don't know. I, th- I don't really know how to explain it. You talk to her, she gives you amazing feedback. But the thing is what you keep asking me, and I, I guess I'm not answering your question. You have to be ready to be open for criticism, I guess. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like you can tell yourself all day that the, the sky is black. It's not, it's blue. Like whenever you're ready, that's when you're ready. And it's like, you pretty much you when you know when you've had it up to here that's when the time comes but you know like you'll know it's just like you're you telling your best friend leave that girl leave that girl leave that girl he's never going to leave her until he's ready and it, it for every person it's different you know it could be cheated on him it could be you know she threw his favorite pair of underwear away who knows you know but so like, you basically you reach that threshold and once I that did. threshold is, is reached that's when the dam breaks and then all of a sudden you're ready to correct. accept what you can't control and i'm and i've really been trying lately cuz Biggest thing, like, I don't want to be that guy, you know? I don't want to be, you know, 60 in the house with three dogs in the corner by myself. And then, like, everybody, that's the grumpy old man, you know? So I recently, especially you more recently, I would say, like, the last two months I've worked on a lot. I've actually mended things with a lot of people, including some girls I had dated that, it's not that it ended bad, but, you know, there was no romantic interest, so I just felt like there was no longer a reason to talk. Hmm. But, you know, that's kind of, that's rough, you know? When you spend time with somebody and then you pretty much cut them off for no reason. So... And how's that been going for you? It's good, man. It's really good. It's hard. It's hard. It's a huge, huge, huge like uh, blow to my pride, which clearly, if you've listened to anything right now, I have a lot of. <laughs> but you know, it's it's hard. It's 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 hard, but it feels good. Like and it the thing the thing that I'm the I guess where I'm at right now is vulnerability. How vulnerable do you want to be? The more vulnerable you are, the better it feels. The more like you're drawn to people, and people are drawn to you. However, there's a higher risk for getting hurt. And that's obviously given like my past, like that's what's hard. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to like be open to people because, you know, at any point somebody could come in and just hurt you. And then it's like, dang, like I didn't see that coming. And then, and then it's almost kind of like a, I don't know, like that, like that cool. bad voice in your head. Like, that's why, that's why we don't do this. You know, like that's why yeah. we we're mean to people. That's why. Your ego is like your protective mechanism. Pretty much. And that's what's guiding you through that. And so it's kind of just like breaking through that ego portion and letting your real self come through. Mm-hmm. You know, um, let's dive into this family that you're living with. Yeah. And this family, I know them pretty well because I work out here pretty much every day now. But I, let's have you tell them, tell everybody about this family. So super awesome people. The mom stay at home mom, but I mean, I feel like that's such a bad title for her because she does so much more that nobody will ever see. She fought. They foster babies, and that's a full time job in itself. You know, they have six kids. The dad is a full time professor. He's, he's also a doctor. On, yeah, he's a doctor. Yep. Yeah. He's also a Doctor D. Shout out. <laughs> he's also a, he's on the the hiring committee for teachers, and they have six kids ranging from nine, ten, eleven, sixteen, nineteen, and about to be twenty one. So it's really cool though that you know they're just huge dynamic family, big like advocate for support Christians and I don't know they've changed my life forever they've they've let me in their home and they've offered me a lot of support and I can see that I've known you since 2014 but there's been this drastic drastic change since you moved in here it's um and I've seen it with with Dennis and with Michelle like the, the the parents names and they're great people they come in here they teach you about life they're givers they're here to serve and that's coming out and it's influence you influence you and ironically that's literally like their family like mission statement is like how can i serve you and it not like in a you know waitress or waiter way it really is like we are here to serve and like my car broke down recently and i didn't have a car and while i was out looking for a car they let me use their cars and i was like what the heck how are you gonna let me use your cars and they said don't worry about gas or anything i still put gas in just because i'm that kind of guy but Mm -hmm. but like them use their cars and, and she said what good like God bless us with cars. Like, what good is it if we can't share it? Like, there's insurance. If you crash, you crash. Oh, well, we pay the deductible, get a new car. I mean, I don't even know. Even them doing that to me, like, it would be hard for me if I got a, a good car just to, like, yeah, go use it. I have insurance, you know? Right. Because you don't know. It's a huge risk. But, I mean, the trust is there. The love is there. It's just, 
awesome family and like really cool that privilege actually that they let me they let me in here and trust me around their kids it's really crazy man because they have six like you said six kids and they foster people and then now they just added another mouth to feed exactly and they basically adopted you and took you in yep. like you sometimes have your own roommate that's really really cool yeah. right um we're gonna take a quick break but when we, when we return we'll get into ryan's fitness and you know what you guys really came in for Welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning back in. As we had mentioned in the intro, Ryan is a big fitness guy, fitness master, some would say. Wearing a Crunch fitness shirt, repping Nike as we speak. Yeah, definitely. And if you see his biceps in the video, his biceps are massive. <laughs> the thing is, let's just be clear, I still beat him in some workouts, that's fair. It's true. <laughs> uh, Ryan, tell me about your fitness. Tell me about your daily routine. What do you do? Oh man, so recently, I don't know, I just feel like there's there's never a point that you're satisfied like i never done drugs my whole life but i if, dude if, if fitness was a drug i'm totally addicted and it is because you're you're always chasing something like if you're not the numbers guy then you're like the aesthetic guy and if you're not the aesthetic guy then you're like i don't know you're just crazy like there's there's never like a point that you meet and then you're just like ah you know and that didn't make any sense my, <laughs> it did it did you're good but my but my fitness all right so like my plan looks like this i work out six days a week monday through saturday sunday i rest i try to drink and eat as much as possible I drink water of course but uh but you know that's what I, that's my recovery day um recently for the past month and a half three days a week three of my six workout days i do two a days um it depends i just make it up as i go um i don't lift for strength i lift for numbers i'm what sorry what does that mean I lift for reps. So pretty much like I'm not worried about the guy that – or not – that's a bad way. Let me restart that one. I'm not worried about you know lifting 400 pounds for one back squat. I'm not worried about one rep maxes. I'm more worried about how many times can I take 400 pounds down to the ground and back up with good form. And that's that's my biggest thing. I lift everything good form, and I'm really, really, really big on that. So everything I do, I'm, I'm always pushing like 10 to 15, 10 to 15 reps, four sets. It's just – it's a minimum. These numbers that I shot out to you are a minimum. Like if I'm feeling good or things are getting spicy, like I'm gonna I'm gonna do more. Like I just wanna I don't know, I love the feeling. I love like You love the pain? I like yeah I do. And that's the crazy thing too, is I like sometimes I make a workout and I'm like, dude, that was hard. And then the minute that I leave the gym or the workout place, I, I think about like, how can that be harder? And then <laughs> and then I do it and I do it again. And some of these workouts that I've designed and I, I'd make them myself, of course. I do it myself. I bought a 20-pound vest, and so then I repeat some of them with the vest, which 20 pounds is 20 pounds. But, like, you put that thing on, and you have the same exact vest it's I do. It's a game actually. changer, man. It's, it's a huge game changer. Game changer on two accounts. One, you're now 20 pounds heavier, and two, those steel plates squeeze you, and you can no longer expand your lungs. So now you're under super tension, and, dude, I love it. It's amazing. So that pain, does that help you get away from life or is it something that you crave in order to better yourself? Dude, I just like the pain. It's like, it's kind of weird. Like I chase the pain because it makes me feel like I'm doing something right. And I know people will be like, dude, working out, it's not supposed to feel like that. But plus I really do think, and you've taught me this a lot, the mind is a powerful thing, especially you being an athletic trainer and you don't, you know, really well that, you know, athletic, I'm sorry, athletes come in and sure, physically they may be able to recover from their injuries, but they really got to mentally buy in as well because it plays it's i mean there's research that it's almost 50 50 mm-hmm. you know and as time passes people are even saying that the mind might even be greater than the body's personal strength oh definitely and i i pretty much agree with that but that's the thing like i want to see like how far i can push before i shut down and sometimes i just don't have a lever like i don't it's like i feel the pain but it's not enough to make me stop okay so how do you when you reach that threshold of pain how does your mind work in order to get you past that threshold to push more? I just, I don't know. I just think about like, here's a better thing. When I was younger, like when I, so we kind of revert back to like me working out angry and bad. I used to just like think about, especially when I used to run track, people always ask like, what, what's goes, what goes on in your mind when you run a race? And I said, you know, right before the race, the gun goes off. You know, for those of you who don't know, track is like this. Runners take your mark, you walk up or run up to the line, set, and you have like a moment of, Literally, it's probably like one to three seconds of just quiet. And I usually just try to think about the most traumatic experience I ever I went, went through as a kid. 
And when it's when the gun goes off, it's like I just lived it in three seconds, and now I'm gonna show you how it felt. And that's how I would run. So people always ask what's going on, and I and I never told anybody. Like I didn't. It wasn't like this. is not a show, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just I would harness like the worst thing, use it, run, and that's why I'd be like physically again that that physical, that mental, like all the emotional, like all that literally pure exhaustion after. So that's like, I guess the bad thing, but now what puts me past or why do I want to visit that? I guess, I don't know. I just like it. It feels good. (laughs) It feels good. And I just think there's always another level like that I could do. And I pride myself on being like an all around athlete. Like I can do just about anything. I can swim, bike, run. I could play just about any sport and I'm pretty decent at them. Like, I don't know. I mean, I just, for example, remember last summer it was like, or was last summer? Yeah. Last summer it was when it was like hundred degrees for an orange, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Like I mean, it was 90 today. Just yeah. yeah. In winter. In winter. <laughs> but yeah, when it was like 100 for a week straight, I was uh, I was out front doing back squat and running up and down the block. And I had a sweater on, a beanie, a sweater. I'm sorry, sweats, sweater, a beanie. And I had a, one of the kids, I had on their oxygen mask or the elevation mask. It pretty much restricts your breathing. And I literally remember running down the street and coming back. And when I come back, I saw like, you know, people say you see stars. It wasn't stars, but I got like spots where my vision was blurry and I literally started wobbling and I almost fell. It's called heat stroke. Yeah. And, <laughs> and um, Dennis, this is the dad where the family that I'm here at, uh, he comes out and he said, uh-uh, take off your shirt, take off your beanie, take off, the, you're not doing that because you saw me wobble and I was, but I don't know, in that moment, there, never, there was never a point that I thought I would quit though. I mean, I could have fallen and I would have got back up and still try to keep going. I just don't want, I just don't, I just want to keep going. Wow. You've developed your mental fortitude to something crazy. Yeah. Like, it'll take you losing your foot for you to stop. Even uh, then, I, uh, yeah, I think it'll uh, go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How long did it take you to develop that? You know, at a young age, like, I was taught, like, a good work ethic from my uncle. Mm-hmm. Like, the job's not, and not to sound like Kobe, but the job's not finished until it's done. And that's really how I was raised. And I just learned something super valuable from Mr. Dennis. He said, and this is really good, boys ask, are we done Men ask, what's next? Wow. And I really... Say that again one more time. So it goes like this. Boys ask, are we done yet? And men ask, what's next? I guess developing that mindset is really what transforms into that, what you ask me. You know, I'm always just thinking, like, what's next? Like, I don't know. I just, I love it. And the thing, too, is, like, I know my body extremely well. And I just think that like, all right, like, cool, I'm sprinting, I'm running, I'm running, it burns, it burns, it burns. And I know it burns, but it's not enough to make it like where I think about quitting. So then I think about how can I make it harder? I don't know. It's almost like the burn, you know, you said, how did I get my mental or pain threshold that high? Mm -hmm. Because I keep pushing because I know what, I know what that's supposed to feel like, but like, how far can I take it? Sometimes I think it's almost like a game. How far can I take it before? Like probably my body will shut down before my mind. I really genuinely believe that. Other than last summer, has your body ever shut down? Never. I mean, I've had like, you know, various little injuries or nicks, dings, you know, Charlie horse puts you out for like a day or something, but no, never. So your mind is still more powerful than your body every single time. 10 out of 10 times. Uh, 10 out of 10. Speaking of 10 out of 10, I sent you my back squat workout. Yeah, that was crazy, man. 10, 10, (laughs) 10. uh, Okay. So it was like this 10 back squat, excuse me, 10 sets, 10 back squats. And I started at 145 and ended at 225. And I just want to jump straight to the 10th set because it's really all that anybody cares about. Mm-hmm. But like when I add 225 for the second set of 10, that actually is what, um, that's where that mental thing kicked in. It hurt at 195. At 205, it, it started burning. But at 225, dude, I was on fire. And then on the second set of 225, after I did one, I thought there's, there's no way I can, I can, I can, you know, do nine more before I set this bar down. And I, but I did but like that gets to the point where you literally just all I have is this. It's it like you mentally and I feel like this is like a good takeaway kind of like in life. You can't really focus on sometimes people and I'm going to make a correlation with life and working out. You can't focus on like for me at least like thinking like so far ahead like oh man like I still have nine reps you know or oh man I still got to buy a house. I still got to get married like dude just think about the now like think about and that's what I did like when I'm squatting I think like dang I'm on five. I got to get to six. I do six. Okay. Now I'm going seven. And it just it becomes things that are obtainable 
and I use that same strategy in life. I used to have like big goals where I was like, oh, I got to get married by 25. I got to do this. I got to do that. But it was hurting me more than helping me. And now like, you know, I have new goals. Like how much money can I save by May is my, is my new goal. And right now, well, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that's one of my goals. Like how much money can Ryan save until May? Because I'm trying to do big things. And just I carry that aspect with everything. Like, okay, like I want to be, you know, in a career and not and out and of in and out by day X. Like all these things, but they're they're all obtainable. It's not that I'm making it easy. It's things that I know that if I work hard, I can check them off. But they can't be things that are too far out of reach because then, like I said, it's more damaging than helpful. Right. But like that same thing about life and working out. And that's really what I use when I work out. I just think about the now, the now. Like I got to think about this one on this one only because if you start thinking about I still have like 90 more reps, there's no way you're going to get through it. None. So I just want to kind of highlight a key thing that you said earlier, and that was being present in the moment and making key attainable steps, little milestones in order to get you to your goal. So you can have a big goal, right? You have this huge goal that is overreaching, that is months away, years away and whatnot. But if you chunk it down to something smaller, weeks, the next rep, that will help you get forward. Is that correct? Is that that's what you're saying? 100%. And that's how you live your life as well? That's correct. Okay. And so that's pretty awesome right there. Um, are you open to training people for when it comes to you know weightlifting and people changing up their body? Are you open to that? I, I do. I am and I'm not. Like I always think if I, you know, if I have my own facility, my own practice, my own whatever you want to call it, I would preferably want athletes. I, I love the high intensity and I want people that are coming to work. Like mm-hmm. This sounds bad. I don't want the old people that want to come to socialize. Like there's gyms you can do that right now, you know? Like, I want people that are ready with similar mindset, similar goals, you know, short-term goals. Like, hey, I want to be able to lift, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's totally not possible, but I can get you to here in two months. Like, okay, let's do it. Things like that. And I and I just feel like my workouts specifically are more geared towards athletes because I, I myself have noticed that, like, my workouts, while I am crazy, when I'm lifting and running and blah, 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 whenever I start playing sports, everything that I've done for the past year transitions beautifully. I jump higher. I move faster. Each step is that much stronger. So it's more functional. Way more functional. Okay. Um, do you have a certification that will allow you to train somebody? At the moment, besides my knowledge, no. Okay. But thanks to you, <laughs> I'm. Uh, I I do. I would love to study for my CSCS Cal or California Certified Strength Conditioning Specialist. Um, and eventually, I mean, the dream the dream job. I mean, given that you know I have, you know, have some some strikes against me, but. The dream would be, you know, to be a D one strength and conditioning coach because I feel like those caliber athletes, they're there, to, they're there to work, you know, and they want, they're hungry and not for food, like they they really want to get better and they they really want to get to the, I mean, they're trying to go pro. You're a D one athlete, you know, you're the closest thing to professional. So that's what you want your next step to be is to be a D one strength. And I think that one might be a stretch. Okay. Not that I, I mean I could think about it like far out, yes, but that would kind of be like that would kind of fall into one of those categories of. Almost too far out of reach. Just quite, just for for as of now it is, because I don't even have the CSCS certificate. Getting that would be a much better one. Like say, okay, I'm gonna get my CSCS by, say six months, which is June. That gives me six months to study. And if I'm not ready, that's my fault because I guarantee you, on those nights that I can't sleep or other things, there's plenty of time that I could have picked up that book and studied. Earlier we talked, we touched on, during my intro, we touched on like the entrepreneur aspect. Because I know you and I have had talks before about mm-hmm. you wanting to own a gym. Uh, what steps are you taking for that to become a reality? For that to become a reality, I'm not something that I put on the back burner. I, to be honest, I, have, I know we've talked about it. I haven't given it that much thought. I mean, I know financially that's probably the most important thing. And I know we could take a loan out or whatever, but I want to just worry about myself being like, um, what's the word? Stable okay. and like financially stable. I'm, I would say like, you know, mentally, emotionally, I'm good, but you know, stable and I have like my own place and like, a, you know, a, a decent car, like those kind of things. I want those to be settled and then have obviously have a full-time job because then like that money will be able to be funded into those kind of things, whether that's advertisement or whatever. But if you're asking me like what steps I've been taking towards that right now, um, I mean, I always just ask, but I feel like, you know, people are the, your biggest, uh, what's the word? Critics. The Critics, correct. And everybody always tells me, you should train people. You should train. Like I hear it I probably at least three times a day. Like it's crazy. So I don't know. I'm have. I guess the answer is I haven't taken any steps really toward it. But I think that that's one of those things that could easily happen, given that like you know I, you know, move out on my own and do these things to get me there. For those of you who want to be trained by Ryan, 
Uh, if you, I think you are open to it if you're an athlete. Correct. Let's give the listeners, like, let's say Monday. Let's take a Monday and what do you do on a Monday? Give me your full day of working out and then, like, your scheduling and your time management skills. What's that like? All right. So let's say Monday, I typically try to do, I, I work out at the gym, like, 75% of the time. That's about 25% of the time. So if I'm at the gym, I try to offset the day. Everybody knows Monday is International Chest Day. <laughs> And so I try to hit legs on a Monday because I try to do things that people don't do on that day so that I'm not waiting six hours in the gym. But um, so typically on a, on a Monday, I will warm up for 30 minutes. That looks like Stairmaster, um, a bunch of dynamic stretching, dynamic drills, um, bands, jump rope, air squats. I want to make sure that my legs are ready to go before I do leg day. Um, and after 30 minutes, if something's hurting, something's tight, my back is kind of tweaked. I know that legs is not going down that day because I just spent 30 minutes warming up and it didn't go away. Typically, you know, if you're stiff or whatever, it goes away after you warm up. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, I mean, I we don't have time for the workout, but my leg day takes about two and a half hours. And then recently, so I've been doing two days. I usually try to plan on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So I'll do a workout in the morning, and that ranges. Like, it depends on my schedule or whatever, but I'll wake up and be at the gym at 6 a.m. if I have to be. If my schedule the rest of the day doesn't allow me to work out, I'll wake up early. It's totally worth it. Maybe with the help of some pre-workout and coffee. <laughs> so after that first workout, what do you do for the rest of the day? And like, how does that day look? If I have work, then I go to I come home, I shower, eat breakfast, I eat eggs. I try to watch my carbs right now because, you know, I'm getting, getting a little older. and I can't, <laughs> can't be getting like a... 27 years old. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, I, I try to I eat, you know, after and then it depends. I mean, if I work, then I work. And then after that, I'll try to hit a second workout. Um, I don't know. My days, it seems like there's a lot that goes on, but there is because it usually feels like it's like eight or nine. But, and then I'm like, oh, crap, half the day's gone. Or that's like 90% of the day. But yeah. 90% of the day. When do you do your second workout of the day? Usually at night. And that just depends. I mean, I'm not... I don't know. I, I do have social life. So some nights I'll be working out in the driveway at, I'll start at midnight and I won't until one, one thirty. There's other nights I'm, I will go to work and I'm just like, Oh, I want to just bang it out. So I'll work, but see in and out a typical shift to six hours. So I'll work 12 to six, come back, chill for like 10 minutes, change, go work out for an hour. And I'm done by like, you know, eight, eight ish. Mm-hmm. And then I have the rest of the night to just do whatever. So uh, how important is sleep to you? Because you said you worked out at midnight after waking up at six o'clock that that morning. You don't get that much sleep. I don't. And so how you know that sleep is kind of the catalyst for recovery. Correct. So when do you recover, and how important is sleep to you? So like that's something that I've, I guess you could say I've been trying. It's not that's a lot. I haven't been trying to work on it because it's obviously it's nearly impossible. But I will say it's something. It's one of the things that's on like my to do list, <laughs> if you will, like my mental to do list because I know. You know, I hear it from a lot of people like, dude, your gains, your fitness, your recovery would be even better if you actually slept eight hours, you know, and me sleeping six is like, oh my gosh, that's a lifetime, you know, like I usually average around four, four to six is like my typical range. But I mean, I recall, like I said, my recovery is one day typically. So Sunday is when I just do anything. And one of the days I just do buys and tries and abs. So that day I don't do any cardio. So in my head it's justified by like almost a rest day because I'm not doing anything else besides just sexuals you know what we call them yeah biceps and triceps yeah and, and abs usually on that day so yeah but um yeah and i don't know i do need to be more conscious about my sleep but i don't know i'll get there when i'm when i'm dead i guess i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um in terms of nutrition you said you're trying to watch your carbs right but what else do you eat on a day-to-day basis so obviously you know we've mentioned several times i work in and out so when i'm there you're listening up. Spread is the worst thing you can get in and out. It has the most calories. It's worse than the bun. It's worse than the cheese. It's worse than the fries. It's worse than anything you can get. So I usually get double meat, protein style, which means wrapped in lettuce with all the veggies, and I don't get any sauce or anything. And occasionally I get like a little bit of fries on the side because you get free fries for working. So every day I work, I get that because it's pretty much like a salad with two unsalted meat patties, and it's you know it's a nice it's a nice meal. But my nutrition, that's another thing that slacks, actually. It's probably alongside with sleep because, you know, sometimes, I mean, for breakfast, when I get back from the gym, I eat four eggs with some cheese and hot sauce. Like, that's it. A coffee and I'm out the door. Then I, if I go, if I'm going to work, I'm eating that. So you look, think about it. Those are two small meals. So then by dinner, I'm starving and I'm not one to hold back. So then I end up eating two to three plates of food and it's kind of counterproductive to like my fitness like me working out that day in general, or it's, in, it's not binge eating unhealthy, but it is binge eating because I'm eating all in one setting, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And so, I don't know. But I, I don't watch what I eat, but it, I stay away from, like, soda for the most part, um, carbs for the most part. I mean, unless you're going somewhere to get pasta, it's different. But, you know, if I can avoid the bread and stuff like that, I try to. So you're more conscientious more than anything? Yes. Okay. Uh, you mentioned that you worked at Internet multiple times. So are there any secrets that you want to share about In-N-Out or like what are the things to do? What are the things to get to kind of make In-N-Out more worth it than it is? Okay, so like this is totally like a, bro, they charge you an extra $2.30 for cheese on an animal fry. That's a ripoff. <laughs> My people, listen to me loud and clear. You can get a fry with spread and grilled onions on top of it and it's the same price as a regular fry. That's probably my biggest hack. And when people say no, because I can, whatever their excuses, I literally want to slap them and just be like, bro, I just saved you $2 on a fry. Like, be happy, you know? Yeah. Aside from that, there's really nothing. I mean, their their secret menu is no longer secret. I mean, it seems like everybody knows it. I mean, you can get chilies on the burger. That's pretty good. Oh, that's a game changer. Yeah. You guys try that. Put chopped chilies on an In-N-Out burger. Chopped chilies, Changes yeah. your life right there. Also, if you're going to order animal style, say it first, not last. Because when you say it last, it changes, it erases the whole order and it's just a nightmare and the In-N-Out workers hate you. So that's keys to yeah. working or ordering In-N-Out right there. Oh, and here's the last, there's the last tip though. If you want to know something, if the line's long, go inside. You'll be in and out in probably five minutes and that line was, was looking at solid 20 minutes. I don't care what they say. Especially now in this climate with COVID and everything. Oh, Nobody yeah. wants to get out of their car. So if you have a mask on, go inside. You'll cut off a ton of time. Literally. Right there. All right, Ryan. So well, we're down to the last couple of questions here. But what is one thing that you want the listener to take away from this entire interview? I just think that, like, you know, the biggest the biggest thing, if you're, if you're, you know, tuning in today to this, that I would want you to take away is that there's always a shot. Like, this sounds so lame, I guess. But there is. It's always possible. Like, anything is possible. And I don't know about obtaining a million dollars or doing anything like that. But you can always right your wrongs. And there's always a chance. And, you know, I said that earlier. But I really genuinely mean that. That it's like, don't be that guy that, like, or that person or that girl, whatever. It's 2021. You got to be careful what you say nowadays. <laughs> but, um, you... Just don't like don't go to your don't be on your deathbed and then write all your wrongs like do it now like make right with your wrongs and that could even be yourself like you may love everybody and everybody loves you and maybe like your biggest battle is you yourself but make right with that and enjoy your life before you have to get to that final stage of just you know like ah oh, like I'm like you know the doctor told me I got a week to live now I gotta I gotta fix everything like do it do it sooner like the sooner you do it the more stress, the more weight is off your chest, your shoulders, like and you could just enjoy life. And you never know what's gonna happen tomorrow. You don't. In fact, on that note, somebody that I grew up with, he's nineteen, he just died today Oof, I'm in sorry, a motorcycle man. accident. Damn it. The the craziest thing I think about and this is another thing that everybody says, like, you don't know you don't know what you know what's in store, you know, but it's true, like dude, we could die today, you know? And that's why I say live in the moment. It doesn't mean go party and snort cocaine like it literally means like live in the moment, enjoy today, enjoy tomorrow, and like do things that you want to do. Don't be like stingy with money either. Like, if you want to spend twenty dollars on I don't know, you want to go buy four double doubles like James, <laughs> then, then spend twenty bucks, man. Like it's not gonna make or break you. That's also something that I want to just like in this kind of takeaway. You know, I'm trying to save money. And I said that like how much money can Ryan save until May, and that's really my goal. Like I want to see how much I can save. However. I don't, I never want to be stingy. I never had money growing up. And just because all of a sudden I have, you know, some money saved up doesn't make me better than anybody else. But I will tell you one thing. I've noticed that, you know, some birthdays have passed and I've been like, ah, like I don't really want to spend a hundred bucks, but I do. And then, you know, I spend money on gifts and, you know, if somebody goes out like, hey, can you spot me? I'm like, I got you. I got you. And the craziest thing is, dude, it comes back. Like, and it comes back like more so. And it's weird, I find myself getting like, for today, I had a job opportunity to literally put shelving together for seven hours. Some might say that's a waste of time, some might say it's too long, but I made $210 cash. Like, those opportunities don't come like out of nowhere, you know? I mean, I'm not like, I'm not like a, you know, big spiritual yogi person, but dude, good energy, like, is totally a thing and it totally comes back to you. And just, 
I don't know, like, don't be, don't, like, don't be stingy with the money, you know, like, it'll come back, and you've taught me that, too, you know, like, a lot of times, you're like, hey, just give me next time, and next time, you don't even mention it, you're just like, I'll pay for myself, you know, it's just cool, and then, like, all the times we've hung out, or, like, done golf, and you're like, hey, I'll pay for you, don't even worry about it, because I told you, like, this is genuine, I didn't have money saved at that time, <laughs> but, like, hey, I, I can't, and I couldn't, I couldn't afford $40 to go golfing with James, and he'd be like, don't worry, I'll, I'll pay for you. Or he wants, like, hey, let's go get a beer. And I'm like, I can afford one. Okay, I'll buy your first two, and you can pay for the last one. You know, like, just stuff like that. But also people like you, you know, like, you, you like, living kind of like what I'm trying to say. And it totally, I mean, does it come back to you? Definitely. Um, it's a huge abundance mentality for me, and it's all energy work, right? It's like, you're always going to be cared for, but you just have to believe it. If you're in the scarcity mentality, and it won't come back to you because you're scared. You have to have that good energy and know that things will come back tenfold. Just give and be happy and make sure that everybody else is accounted for and cared for. And things will come back to you. It's just, life happens to you, not for you. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, that's, and that's pretty much it there. Ryan, thank you. Where can thank people you. find you? You can find me on uh, at Crunch Fitness, Tessin <laughs> or Placentia, literally. I don't know why they don't hire me yet. No, um, you can find me in and out on Chapman and Tessin if you want. Uh, How about your Instagram, your Twitter? Do you have Facebook? Anything? I do have uh, no Facebook's for old people. Come on, <laughs> I have Instagram. It's Figgy underscore Newton underscore. Uh, my Snapchat is very similar. It's just Figgy Newton with a little minus sign in the middle, and that's about it. I'll drop you my number if you if you want to work out. Thank you for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, guys. I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode and hopefully took something from it after listening to Ryan's story. Uh, full disclosure. I did make a mistake towards the end there. And this little portion that we're doing right now could be like the fact check with James. If you guys listen to Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard and Monica Padman, they do a little fact check at the end. And this could be it. At the end there, I said the quote wrong. I said life happens to you, not for you. It should be the other way around. The real quote is life happens for you, not to you. So I completely messed that one up. But other than that, I think the episode went well. And that's pretty much the only thing that I really needed to fact check because, you know, nothing else is worth really checking in this one. Anyway, again, hope you guys enjoyed. Um, if you liked it or learned something from it, please send this out to your friends, your family. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. You know, if you give us a follow on social media, all that stuff. Um, and if you want to be on here or if you want us to interview somebody, just send me a DM. Send us a text you know email us anything if you want to be on here let me know why you want to be on here what do you want to talk about and if you have anything that any person that you want on here that you want us to come get let us know about that too anyway hope you guys have a great rest of your day thank you for listening and i'll see you next week